Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, everyone. So before we get into this week's show, I wanted to introduce this entire month series to you. So I've been really thinking about how can I expand this podcast into not just only therapy, but addressing some real topics that impact our emotions. And so one of the topics that I wanted to introduce was money. And this probably will be a continuation of conversations But I wanted to open this up and call this month Money March. And I will be teaming up with an amazing therapist that is in Louisiana. Her name is Danielle and you all will get to meet her throughout the month. But she and I are going to start talking about and having conversations as it relates to money. Danielle is very well versed in therapy, but she also has a component within her therapy practice called money therapy, which she basically helps clients create budgets um, and pay down debt and all of these different types of things to be able to address their money habits in addition to address the emotional side of money. So by addressing the avoidance or why you're struggling within your spending habits and just really, really get to the root of those things. And so as we go through this month, you'll hear she and I talk about different topics as it relates to her story, emotional parts of money, practical tips, as well as Q&A, we'll be able to talk through some questions that you all want to send us. If you would like to submit a question, please submit it to therapyasachristian at gmail.com. And if you're interested in working with her, her information will be in the description. Feel free to contact her if you have any questions. All right. I'm super excited about the show. Let's get into it. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. is a Christian podcast. I am your host, Rosalind Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Welcome to Money March. I am really excited for this series that I am doing with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful girl who I actually met via Instagram. And so we'll talk about that more in detail. But I want to introduce her to you all because she has such a wealth of knowledge Um, How this podcast series came about was I have been really praying about God to like, where's the direction of my podcast going? And one of the things God has been showing me is just really the practicality of how mental health is more than just us going to therapy and talking about, you know, our minds. It's actually the stewardship and the things that we steward in general within our lives. And one of the biggest areas I feel like 
is not only a area that we don't talk about often, but just an area within mental health that definitely needs to be addressed emotionally, which is money. And so I kind of was just like, okay, guy, well, I don't really, you know, that's not my top area. So what do I need to do? And Danielle's Instagram, I actually have seen her multiple times on Instagram. I didn't follow her at first and she, I ended up following her and she sat on my heart for a long time. And I was like, okay, this is just like moving on me. Maybe I need to just kind of take a step. So I asked her, would she be interested in doing interview? And she said, yes, thank God. And so (laughs) I'm going to introduce her. So Danielle say hi. Hi, you guys. Yes, so sis, welcome to my family of people. <laughs> so, Hello, people. So yes, yeah, so Danielle, I want you to, um, y'all, she will be with us over the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk on many different subjects as it relates to money, but this episode in particular will be about her. I want her to kind of have her time to shine and be able to share herself with you all and just the amount and wealth of wisdom that she has. So tell us a little bit about you, Danielle, who you are, where you're from and what you do. All right. Hey, you guys. Um, Of course, my name is Danielle and I am from a small town of Alexandria in Louisiana. Um, And I'm just a small town country girl that has big dreams and that wants to like help the world when it comes to finances. Um, My background is in therapy. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, And how I fell in love with therapy and money is because of some some stuff that I went through on my own personal journey with trying to discover um, myself and how to buy a house and how to buy a car. And so all of that just kind of just tangled into it. And I'm, and because of social work, because of my master's, I love research. So like, if they didn't teach us anything in grad school, they taught us how to research. (laughs) So like that took me on a journey of like, if I don't know what it is, I need to find it. Hmm. And so, um, Google, reading books, listening to podcasts. Like I just did a whole bunch of research on finances and um, that's how I kind of got to where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we can start from kind of where you, the beginning. So tell us what got you, like you said, you kind of just were intrigued with the aspect of money. What was, what was kind of the thing that brought you to that? I would say when I was getting ready to um, purchase a house back in okay. 2014, um, I had went to this, um, my coworker, she was like, let's go to this home buyers class. And so I was like, oh, okay, let's go there. And so she was like, you can get a, um, she's like, you can get a grant that'll help you um, with the down payment. So I'm like, cool, I'll go there. But what she did not tell us that it was income based. So I didn't qualify for anything. But during the time of me trying to actually purchase a home, because I feel like, hey, it's about that time me purchase a home and stuff like that. I'm 24 and stuff. And so um, during the home buying process, I had started learning about different loans and about how our student loans can affect us. And so that would kind of just spark the whole interest was like, OK, I got to figure this student loan thing out because I was so afraid of my student loans. 
Mm. Like I graduated in 2009 and I hadn't paid uh, anything on my student loans and it was 2014. So you started looking for a home in 2014 and that was when this process started. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like, because of the host, I was so afraid of my student loans. Like I didn't, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to do anything with the student loans. That's all I know. The people would call me. I would tell them I don't have no money and hang up. And so, Girl. <laughs> so that was calling. Okay. <laughs> you know, they was like, you want to put us, you want them to um, put them in the permit, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't have the money to pay them. Okay. Right. Whatever you need to put. Okay. And so, um, that's what happened. Like when I say years and years of not paying my student loans. And so, um, doing a home, doing a whole home buying process, like learning about it and then coming to the lender and the lender is like, so let's talk about these student loans. And I'm like, what about them? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you kind of went into the perspective of, I'm going to get a house because it's around that time and all that kind of stuff. And then when you went to the lender, which is the person who approves you to get a loan, they were like, what's going on with the student loans? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I was just like, oh, okay. And so he was just like, you know, and thank goodness for my lender. Like I know that a lot of people it, with their lenders, like they don't really care about them. They just care about the sale. But my lender helped me out in so many ways to where he was like, I need you to look at these. I need you to go look into them. And he encouraged me to go look into them wow. and, and figure this. And he was like, kind of figure it out a little bit, go and talk to them. He was like, it's okay. He was like, you know, you still can buy a house, but he was like, they are showing up negative on your credit report. And so he was like, you need to get them in a positive standing. And so, so that's kind of how, like, the whole journey of me really starting to learn more about finances started right there. Okay, so that that kind of sparked, like you said, your research, and you just kind of started going into all of this research about money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And so from there, after you was you were researching, talked to your student loan people, then what happened? And then I was able to, I was able to get them, um, to show negative. And so, um, I was, after I got them to show negative, my dad actually introduced me to, um, Dave Ramsey and I started the whole, the whole Dave Ramsey plan. Like I was so strict and I started that back in, um, when did I start Dave Ramsey? I started Dave Ramsey in May of 2014. Okay. Um, and so like Dave was like, pay off all your debt and go on. And so I was like, cause I had money saved cause I was already in the buying process. Like I'm a saver by nature. And that's something that people have to understand are either you're a saver or either you're a spender. So as I'm going girl, through the share, home the saver, share, share the saver, saving anointing because your girl over here is the spender. Okay. <laughs> now, if it wasn't for my husband, I would spend all of my money. Like uh-huh. that's a, but I digress. Keep going, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I'm a saver. So, like, I had started saving money, um, for the house. Um, and so, like, I had money saved. I want to say I had about like five or six thousand dollars saved. And so, um, 
when I when I got introduced to Dave Ramsey, like I got so consumed with him and he was like, pay, pay off this and pay off the debt. And like I didn't have much debt. I had like um credit card debts in a car. So I probably had about like about twenty five hundred dollars in credit card debt. And so um or maybe close to five. And so as I'm learning about Dave Ramsey, you know, and I'm going through the home buying process. And so like I couldn't I was doing I learned about Dave Ramsey started paying off debt and try to buy a house all at the same time. Girl. It was like too much. And so like I put the house buying process on hold because the house that I really wanted wasn't on the market. And okay. so um so but during that time I was working. Like when I said I was working two jobs, I was straight hustling. Um and so God was just like then God started getting involved with my finances and that took it to a different level. And he was like, I need you to trust me in your finances. And so I was like, okay. And so, you know, I'm, I didn't stop the home buying process because the house that I wanted wasn't on the market. God is like, pay off your debt, pay off your, um, pay off your credit cards and whatever's left that you have, that you put aside to your house, pay off your car. I mean, put it towards your car. And so um, within a month of May, like I had paid off like $5,000, like my car note was still like 16 or something. And so um, in May, I paid off credit card, sent $2,000 to my car, um, car insurance, I mean, car note people. And then shortly after that, the house became available after I spent all my money. Wow. So you paid off your car. Yeah. I paid off my, in 20, in 2014, I paid off a lot of debt, child. I paid how, off. Much did you, how much did you pay off in 2014 before you bought the house? Well, I bought it was I bought the house during this process too. Oh, okay, okay. So I bought the house and I started I started paying off debt in May, of May of 2014. Bought the house in July of 2014, and then by the end of December of 2014, I paid off my car. So that entire year, down payment for the house paying off credit cards, paying off your car, buying a washer and dryer cash, buying a refrigerator cash. It was $22,000 in eight months. Girl. Like when I say that I was got- Talk got about it, sis. Talk about it. Okay. $22,000 in eight months. $22,000 in eight months. And wow. mind you, I was not making that much money because I wasn't fully licensed as a social mm-hmm. worker at the time. So I was making and, like you know we get the, we get we get the uh the little coin you know we don't yeah. get the big coin until we license but you know yeah that again yeah so like when I say that and just thinking about it right now as I'm telling you the story like I like wow when God got involved in these finances the unthinkable happened yeah in eight yeah. months eight months, like 22, the hours, I was like out there hustling. And I can remember God, and mind you, I was still paying my tithes. I was still handling my household. I was a single person. So I'm still handling my household in my apartment, paying my tithes. And then I had got a second job at the time. And my second job was bringing in more money than my full time was. Wow. 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 Yes. Okay. So, so clearly you definitely know a thing or two about paying off debt. Yeah. Um, where would you say you are now? So that's 2014. How much debt do you have? And like, how much have you paid off? 
Okay, so right now after 2014, I went into 2015, so I kind of slowed down on the debt payment because I was trying to get the house and stuff together, and I had quit mm-hmm. the part-time job because God was mm-hmm. like, you you done, <laughs> you done, <Yeah. laughs> you, yeah. can, you can rest. So um, in 2016, I ended up getting a new job. Cause I got fully licensed. I got fully licensed in um, 2016. So God moved me from a um, 50. How much I'm making? I'm making like 55. And like I don't mind sharing, sharing my um, how much I was making because that's a part of my journey. Um, I was making like 55 thousand dollars, and God gave me an increase to 20 thousand dollars. So I went from 55 to 75 in 2016. And so, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm out here. I'm going to kill this. I'm going to pay off my um my house note, and I'm going to kill it. And God was like, no, you're going to pay off these student loans. <laughs> so, mind y'all, I'm still paying student loans. Mind you, I graduated in 2009. I didn't start really paying off student loans until 20, 2016. So, when I, when I finally sat down... Looked into my student loans, looked into the whole tragedy. Like I literally was praying before I would look at it because like I said, it was just so much emotionally. And so, um, because I hadn't paid anything and I had, you know, just put them off to the side. I had like $72,000 worth of student loan debt. Oh, Jesus girl. Now that ain't my I mean me and my husband's number together is higher than that, but yeah. I could only imagine as a single person. Just single single person with a single household like, bills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people okay, like, so, so okay, so about seventy thousand dollars worth of student loans and kinda at that point you hadn't really addressed them. You just kinda paid the minimum up and to keep them in, you know, positive standing on your credit. So Okay, so let's just kind of skip to 2020. How much have you paid off? So now in 2020, I have paid off over, um, it's close to 70 right now. So you almost done? Yeah, like I have 19,000, like people, but wait though, let me go back. Because I wasn't paying off that much, like I had, before I started really paying off student loans, I had to pay off about $13,000 worth of interest. before it can touch my principal and see that what people don't understand is that like we have the whole thing of compound interest on our student loans and i did not borrow this much money in school let me make that clear i probably borrowed (laughs) about forty thousand dollars from grad school to undergrad forty thousand but because of compound interest me not paying them, me not looking at them. By the time I finish with all my student loans, it's going to be a co- close to a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So you have how much left to pay? So I have like right now, I have like nineteen thousand dollars left to pay as of today. Wow. Okay, so I want y'all to hear me, because listen, sis. Mm-hmm. So let me give be transparent about us. So me and my husband, and then I'll kind of go back to you, Danielle. So me and my oh. husband have if I'm being quite honest about six figures worth of our student loans. Cause he mm-hmm. has about, I think he has about 60 and I have 50. Mm-hmm. So for us, we have just kind of paid off our, you know, little bills of, right. of debt, like our cars, our credit cards and medical bills. That was the bulk of our time last year's paying off debt. 
which equated to about $13,000. So we don't currently have any debt except our student loans. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, sis. I'm not going to lie. When I look at that number, I'm like, my heart hurts. Because yeah. I'm just like, Jesus. Who borrowed this amount of money, God? Okay. <laughs> but but it's encouraging to hear like you as a single person, like having had like 19,000, like to me having, thinking about knowing you paid 70,000, almost $70,000, like 19,000 is almost a drop in the bucket, even though it doesn't feel like that. But that feels like I'm really almost done with what I, you know, I set out to do some years ago. Right. So that's encouraging to me because we've talked about that multiple times and we have said we want to pay off our debt. And I think too, just to kind of name it, because I think sometimes for people, there's this thought of, well, I'm always going to have student loans. I'm always going to have student loans. And that's not what God wants for us. Right. I truly believe in my heart of hearts and in my whole heart that God wants us to be different. He doesn't want us to have to borrow and continue to be a slave to the lender basically it just takes a it, it it takes sacrifice to be able to get to that point and so but I think the biggest thing and kind of the common thread like that I hear from your story is that for a while it was just a big avoidance of mm-hmm. even addressing it yeah it was like when I tell you like, the only reason why I'm paying my student loan off is because God said so like I would I would have got on that 10 month you mean that 10 year you know student loan forgiveness I'm on that I was on that I'm still on it I'm telling you it's true okay when, when God was like no I blessed you with this job so that you could pay off your debt and I was like ah I don't know if I'm hearing you right I don't know if I'm hearing the spirit right <laughs> talk about it (laughs) so you know I mean like I'm serious I was like I don't know if I'm hearing the spirit right you know whatever and so then I was getting out my car no forget I pulled up to the house and I was getting out my car and God was like no you need to pay off your student loans I gave you a $20,000 raise that's what you're going to pay off your student loans with I was like but I'm paying I can pay my house off mind you my house is not my house was not that much. <laughs> like, like and I was like, I can use this money to pay off my house. Like my yeah. house and my student loans, like I could have been paid off my house. Wow. And, and so I was like, you know, I could pay down my house. That's what I'm doing. And so he was like, no, you need to do that. He was like, you know, be responsible. And Damn. so, and then I was looking at Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey was like, y'all borrowed that money. Why y'all don't want to pay them people back? And I was like, you don't need to talk to me like that. First of all, don't come for my edges. Okay. Cause I need those. Okay. I need you to understand. I need my edges. Um, but no, that's true because it just, but it's a, it's a, okay. So I want you to go back and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll address this more. And if there becomes a, like a, as we address this more, like if it becomes like a part two, as we talk through this, we will make it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, I think, and, and what I heard you heard you say is I did it because God told me to, and that just is a heart posture to be in for mm-hmm. you to be obedient. Because what if you had never did that? You right. would be still in debt 
and probably be even more stressed out, but would have gotten so much, you know, would have gotten so much done if you had just obeyed. And so I think that that, you know, in general, I think that that also to spark this thing in purpose where it's like, okay, I really can see that this is possible. And I think that that's what God wants us to see. Like it's possible when you put it in me. Yeah. You don't take when you don't put your hands on it. Yes, you will have some sacrifices you have to make, but when you put it in me, now imagine you being debt free in one how many years do you think you'll have to have that done? Have your full debt. What with the student loan debt? Be fully debt free. Uh huh. Are you talking about including house too? No, not just house, just just your student loan debt. Oh, I plan on I plan on getting done with that this year. Okay, so after this year, debt free except your house. Yeah. Like imagine that weight lift. You know what I'm like, saying? The amount of stuff that I can do. Like my my minimum payment of student loan is eight hundred dollars. Okay. The amount of stuff that I can do with eight hundred dollars, whether it's save it, whether it's give, whether it's invest, like. Yo, I I can do so much more with the eight hundred dollars that I could either give, save, invest. You know, um, and you get to do that the rest of your life because you don't have to worry about it, right? And so it's just like you know, Maybe that's the promised land, okay? If don't nobody else say it, that's the promised land. That's the place with milk and honey, okay? I want the sweet honey, okay? All <laughs> right. And, like, I just want people to understand that, like, if I wasn't, like, I really want people to understand because I feel like people be like, you know, um, they take God out of finances or yeah. either they're like, God, I'm going to wait for God to do something or either I'm going to wait for God. And God is just like, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting yeah, on it's you. Not additional. It's not you know? conditional. It's not conditional. It's like if you, if you really, because I'll tell you, and I'll be real transparent. I did not know that me and my husband paid off that amount. Like literally like to think, and he's, and I'm, my husband is the type of person. He's like, Oh, they're going to get it when we get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even for him, like coming with me and joining together to do that and pay off debt, pay extra money, not going on vacations as a newly wed couple, not going to buy all this stuff. We literally, put all of our finances down to whatever we don't need. So like I don't get my nails done currently. I get my toes done now, but I added that on after we paid off some things. I wasn't getting my hair done. We weren't going on fancy dinner dates. Like none of that stuff was, we didn't go on vacation for our first vacation was his birthday a year and a half after we got married. The only vacation we went on was our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. A year and a half after we got married was our next vacation. And that was only because we were just like dead set on like, we got to pay this stuff off. Now we didn't do anything. Now I will say this, we didn't do extra stuff. So we didn't do like the crazy side hustles or anything like that. We just kind of took the rest of the money that we paid and just paid it on something. But I like had a $5,000 credit card. I had medical bills. He had credit cards and our cards. Like, but the amount to think like, oh my gosh, I have 300 extra dollars because I don't have to pay it to a car. Yeah, I can put that on something like that is a freedom to have a, you know, savings 
to where if an emergency occurs, it's nothing for us to just be like, oh, we'll just take it out of a savings account. Right. We go to sleep not worried, which our first year of marriage, we didn't really address our finances until about eight months in. And you could tell the tension. It was very, very hard. But it wasn't until we both were like, we got to put this under God and do it the right way that we started to see the momentum of just, if you just really live off the bare minimum of what you need, you really realize you don't really need that much. You don't have to go on a vacation. I mean, yeah, it's cool. But really like, girl, my bed is a vacation, okay? Like, let's talk about it. My bed is really, really nice. Come on. Because them hotel beds sometimes be, you know, sketchy. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> right. So it's, it is true. It, 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 God wants to give us hope so that we aren't bound by this. And if we start early, then we're able to do it. But I think the biggest thing in which I kind of want you to talk about, Danielle, for yourself was, you know, money has relationship with money is important to be aware of. I'll mm-hmm. just say for myself, my early relationships with money was I grew up, my parents had money, but mm-hmm. they didn't do the what they were supposed to do with it. So I spent pretty much my middle school years, my parents made good money. And then my high school years, they lost everything. So they filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm used to like, when you get money, you're going to lose it. So my relationship with money was like, oh, well, I'm already going to lose it. I might as well just spend it. Right. Like it wasn't a connection of no, put it to the side, no, save it, no, do this or invest it. There was no connection with money in that way. So it was traumatic for me, even like as an adult to think of like, now as somebody who is you know can make a little bit of money like you mean to tell me like i can't spend this okay well what's that gonna do like i hear people talk about well your money can grow and work for you i'm like girl what are you talking about mm-hmm. and so now like i've gone through the dave ramsey class um it 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 just it brought me hope to know like it's possible but it's even still a journey for me right even having had even having had paid off debt with my husband um, it's still something I'm learning for myself. So talk about, talk to me about like your earliest memories of money and how the previous outlooks on money impacted you growing up, up until an adult. Okay. I would say my earliest memory is like my mom, my mom had told me, and I, first of all, let me say my childhood, um, I remember some stuff, but I'm not a great historian. Like I, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so like whatever I remember, it's like, it, it's significant. Or whatever. My brother is the one that can tell you about everything that happened in our childhood, not me, for whatever reason. And so um, my mom, I remember my mom was like, you need to save $2. And at that time, back then we had pay phones. So, you know, <laughs> she, was just like, <laughs> she was just like, you know, you need to save $2 for whenever, you know, if you ever need to be able to call me or make a call home because you never know what may happen. And that stuck with me. So, like I said, I guess from that conversation that we had probably when I was about, like, five or six, um, that stuck with me. So, I always developed this kind of saving nature. Um, So, I would always have $2. I would spend everything else, but I would always have $2 in my pocket. And so, so that kind of, like, started shaping and forming my, um, my finances. Like, my brother, he's the spender. Like, 
He has always been a spender all his life. And, um, and so just growing up, my mom, I was a single parent. Um, my mom was a single parent. And so like money was always tight. And even though my mom told me to have, to save, my mom never saved. Like my mom's relationship with money is bad. It's horrible. I tell her that all the time. And I think it's because of from when she grew up and how she was, they didn't have much. So she like everything that she gets, she has to keep and she's a, not a giver. Mm. And so, um, you know, that has, even with me growing up and it's just like, when I say the last of the, I got to keep, I got to keep, I got to keep. And so, um, me growing up, I, I just looked at that and where I'm at today is just like, I still have some of her tendencies, which, you know, I just want to say that like, we learn from our parents and stuff that we want, that we don't, we, the things that we want or we don't want from our parents, sometimes it tends to pass on down to us. And right. so like, I was just, that, that habit is something that I did not want because it was just like, that's not what God, that's not of God. Like God is not a guy where we just keep everything to ourselves where we don't give like she would give and she would do missionary work she would cook for people she will you know go check on you but when it comes to the finances she is like no and so um I had to realize that you know that's something that I did not want to transfer that I needed to work through even though I have some of those tendencies and stuff like that but I know better I know that God wants us to be a giver he wants us to be a cheerful giver like my mom just really to be honest just really started paying tithes probably like about two years ago wow yeah and so when I was you know I had to learn how to pay tithes on my own like just we supposed to give 10 percent, and some of the numbers that I was bringing in and paying like my mom was like she'll look at me she would give her like ten dollars and I'm just like no like I had to teach my mom how to pay tithes yeah so it's just yeah. like you know my relationship with money grew and it started maturing at a young age too I will say that like at a young age I really started um my money would mature because I would pay into tithes I mean, I just, cause I would hear my preacher talking about it and I would pay into tithes, whatever I was working at, at the time, um, at Wendy's, I would pay my little tithes. I would go to church on Sundays and stuff like that. But my money was like a revolving, my savings account. Like I really didn't learn how to save until probably about like five or six years ago. No, longer than that. So probably about 2015. 2013 is when I really started learning how to save money and keep it in my bank account because I was always a saver, but I would use my savings account as a revolving checking account. As one of the deacons used to say, I was like, I have money, but then sometimes I don't make it to the next payday and I go in my savings, but I replace it. And he was like, that's a problem. Yeah. I was like, what you mean? That's a problem. I was like, I got it. I put it back. He was like, you just got a revolving checking account, Danielle. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's just so crazy. And I'm not to interrupt you, but it's just uh -oh. so interesting. Just like how this is one of the, you know, probably the most important things that we should be taught. Yeah. Or I, And I should say should. I, you should very lightly because I don't want to make it a thing where you know I'm saying because you aren't taught but you're a bad person or anything mm -hmm. like that but just you know I think that it's important 
that to know like we have these conversations about what has occurred as it relates to what we've been taught about money and the habits it's habitual Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing is it's such a territory of the enemy because Mm -hmm. we it's such a shameful conversation at times like I have conversational because I'm very transparent with my friends when it comes to like oh yeah this is how much me and my husband paid off debt and like people are like why do you talk about finances so openly and I know for me if I'm being really honest like even being married and merging my finances with my husband I know that that's not something everybody does but we merge our finances everything that comes into the account is ours it's mm-hmm. no like separation whether he makes more or I make more, it doesn't matter. Like everything we have goes into one pot. But even that, like I'm now opening myself to you seeing my spending habits, which is vulnerable, which is why it's so emotional. And it has to be talked about. This goes in a deeper layer of what I always say, like you got to be transparent because if you don't have this openness, how can you become accountable and learn? Yeah. And I think that's the part of even you saying, like, I had to teach my mom how to pay pay tithes. Like, that's a vulnerable situation for your mom never to have known how to pay it to learn and become accountable. And so right. I think, like, to talk about our relationship with money, and even when I say relationship with money, is how you interact with money. When it comes into your possession, what do you and money do? Do you give it away? Are you someone that's a giver? Are you someone that just saves? Are you someone that spends? Do you see something you like and you just spend it? Are you someone that feels comfortable when you spend money on things? Like it just, that's when you, you have to see how you move, shake and drive with money. Because that really says a lot about, I would say your ability to steward. Yes. Very much so, very much so. It reminds me of the um the whole the with the Mike Tide and him doing the whole secure the bag message now. Girl, with his bomb, like, by the way. Let's just say that it was just yeah. bomb. When I tell you bomb, like last week I watched it and that's when he started saying we should have stored the bag. I was like, What you not finna do? If I had edges, you snatched them. <laughs> like it was a wake up call like and it just and I just want to say this like our relationship with money even though where I'm at now is just going to continue to evolve and and people have to learn like your your money relationship is going to continue to evolve like where you think that you knew something you learn something else and you're just like oh I need to implement that and so when Mike Todd just started on this whole security bag series it exposed a lot like Last week message, I was just like on the flow after the message. Like I cannot. Yes, yes. <laughs> because and the interesting thing is that we can learn. And I'm sorry, I interrupt you, Danielle. Go ahead. But uh-huh. go ahead. So I was just gonna say, I think it's interesting that we can learn, quote unquote, stewardship. You know, from the even, and I'll even say the world standard. Mm-hmm. We have to really understand stewardship. You know, even I'll even say too, hustling, trying to pay stuff off, trying mm-hmm. to be able to make a dollar, so on and so forth, and put it under God. Because there are some times, and I'll be real honest, where God will literally say, "Give it away. Don't charge. Don't charge that person. Give it away. Sow a seed into their life and not expect anything back." Mm-hmm. 
And and I think too, there's sometimes where God will say give. And and even the message today when Pastor Mike said, and I'll link both of those messages below so that y'all can hear those. But just even the the assets of giving and not right. expecting anything back. There's just there is I will say this, I do believe that money is money and stewardship with money is action. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's such because money in general is a transaction. In order right. for me to to transfer something to you, I have to actually do something. But when I hold back or I close my hand or I don't address or I avoid or I just swipe the card, but I have no recollection of what's in my account or I don't even look at my money. Yes. It becomes a thing where then at that point you become, you, you're not aware of the, the seriousness of how that is very much so impactful in your life. Like we need money right now. Like you need money to pay bills. We need God way more, but Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, God's saying, I'm giving this to you, but what are you doing with it? Come on. Come like people have to understand. And I tell people this, I was, um, my friend, my best friend, her dad's a pastor and like a really, really good pastor. I was like, um, you know, I said, one thing that gets me is testimony service. And so he was like, what you, oh, now he was like, what you mean? I said, when people get up there talking about the Lord then came through and he done paid my light bill. And I was like, that's a need. So I say, if we go back to the Bible, the Bible speaks of saying that the Lord shall supply all our needs. I say, so why are we testifying about our light bill if it's a need already? So like we, I was like, that's not, that's, that's not something that we should get up there. It shows me that you mismanage your money. That you're not putting your needs first. I was like, that is biblical principle. He is, his words say that he's going to do that. So what are you doing? Like that's, you know, like, and so he was like, my God, the hell. And I was like, I just really want us as a community to understand when we getting up there, we talking about he paying the light bills or he put food on the table. Like we, he, he said that that's a guaranteed that he's going to do. And especially if you are able working person that gets this, get up and go to a job every day. Those are the people that I'm really talking to. You get up, you go to a job every day. God has already given you the resource to supply your needs. What are you doing with your money? Yeah. And I think too, and I think too, it's an aspect. It goes back to what I said about putting our finances under God. Because even in the time we, we have now, to be honest with y'all, like I had debt. Do you hear me? I came into my marriage with debt. My husband didn't have as much debt as me. Now, besides the student loans, but other than that, he ain't really had, you know, he won a credit card swiper. Me, on the other hand, girl, um, I would just swipe the card, okay? Yeah. And I would just be like, oh, you know, I can pay that back. Well, that eventually turned into like a four-figure credit card debt that I had. And to say that, that, oh, well, you know, God just don't provide. It's like, well, sis, no, look at what you're doing. Right. And put it under God and ask God for the wisdom to what you need to do to start listening, educating yourself on finances. It it It, it is an anxious thing at times mm-hmm. to have to address. But again, I do believe it's refinement. 
that's a that's a fiery trial that God allows us to be able to experience to pay stuff off to remember mm-hmm. what that felt like so that when you have freedom oh, sis like and I think and I think that is a it's an important thing to to know but I also think too that when you also become become free or debt free or you understand finance is more you you understand too where your source is that it's right. not in things it's not right. in the fancy dinners that you really could just cook at home that's gonna fill you up it's not in all like for me to even i can say i have not had my nails done in so long mm-hmm. i used to literally full set fill in every two weeks with a pedicure faithfully <laughs> When I say faithfully, since from the time I was in grad school, 2014, up until the time me and my husband got married, which was 2018. Right. Faithfully got a pedicure and got my feeling. Gel polished. Okay. We, and we, when we, I had we, to let go of getting my nails done, it was almost like somebody took something from me. <laughs> but then when I realized, it's like, now why? Why am I spending $40 every two weeks? on top and then get a pedicure it's like what am i spending this money for like it's cool if that's if that's if that's a category that you have to have like for me i have to get my hair done that's mm-hmm. just a part of what i do now that becomes a thing but at the same time it's it's levels to even your stewardship like you have to understand like if i go and miss three weeks of getting right. my hair done I'm like, okay girl well, you gonna have a ponytail for two or three weeks it just is what it is Right. So it's just like we just got to really understand and be and really just I feel like sometimes that the church we have to do better at really teaching about finances and really just because I feel like the church has given us this ideal like this this magical being about finances that God is just going to magically and which he could he could he could magically come through swoop through and pay off all your bills he can do that but he also wants us to work put the work in and get the stuff that we need to do done like he will he will make the provisions for you even if like with my whole student loan debt like I know that I had got into that, especially when I was, let me take it back, when I was getting ready to purchase the house and stuff like that. And I was um I was working my full-time job and like my part-time job. And so I used to have to, I was really studying the scripture then, faith without works is dead. And so um I was really digging deep into the whole, let me really look at this scripture because we we say it, but do we do I really know what it means? And so when I really started looking into it, like I had faith that God will help me with the situation and provide for me, but I know I needed to work. So then I started changing up my prayer. God, if you allow these clients to come to me and you give me the strength to work, I'm going to do the work. That's and cool. so, Can you send me that prayer, by the way? Because I, I, I need that prayer, sis, okay? Because you know I'm about to be licensed. I need that prayer right there. You know, so it was just like, God, like, I mean, I really started just really started looking at this scripture different. Like, God, if you give me the ability, the clients, my, like I said in the beginning, like my part-time job was pulling in more money than my full-time. I was like, you give me the ability to, and mind you, I had clients like everywhere. 
all over, like two hours away from each other at some point in time. I'm just going, coming and going. And so I say, if you give me like the strength, you give me the clientele to do this, like I will do it. And lo and behold, that whole eight months, God gave me the clients. God gave me the strength. I was still paying my tithes. Like, even my mom was like, well, maybe you might want to stop paying your tithes. No, girl. I got to pay these tithes because that's how girl. I'm doing it, you know? But I want, <laughs> I want to even, like, expand on that even further. What occurred was you put it under God. You asked him for the wisdom and the strength and, and invited, him to, invited him into the situation to then be able to have the grace to do what it is that you needed to do and look at the number you paid off. Yes. Like the and then he said, Okay, now you've done that rest. That's like, exactly you know what I'm saying. That's exactly what he did. The clientele started drying up in December. And by January the twenty third, I had put my notice in to quit. Cause he was like, You're done. You're done. My God, sis. Like, ugh, talk okay. about the hope. season of hopeless like yo when I say that there was nothing but God that was the God that was the God that was a season of work I remember Mike uh, Mike Ty said today about being able to identify what season you're in that was a season of working that was a season of faith that was a season of hope to get through this like I didn't have a life I mean I was going come working home working home with the benefit that came after that. And that's that's the part about you gotta know when you invite God in. Like it's it's a serious thing. And right. the thing about it is too when you when you take a step, it's like he takes seven. Yeah. And just makes a way. That's so good. Okay, sis, I think we are going to wrap up here. Uh-huh. Um, this is such a good conversation. We could go on for hours about this. But we're going to see y'all next week where we're actually going to talk about emotions and money. And Danielle and I are going to kind of dive deep into the emotional part of money and like where it lies and some of the Mm -hmm. things she teaches her clients. And we will do that. So I love you all. I will talk to you next week along with Danielle and y'all have a good one. Bye (laughs) y'all. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.